Hello, and welcome to the sixth episode of the Wayward Dragons. Yeah. We are your hosts. I am Kelsey. And I'm Johnny. Yeah, welcome back. Uh, for those of you who have Start managed to hang around this long. <laughs> yes. Uh, today we're going to be talking about morals and ethics. Yes. Yeah. So this might be uh, triggering for some folks. As we get further into the episodes, we're going to put the warning before we even get into what we've been reading. Um, this might be triggering, so if it is triggering, just go ahead and skip this episode. Yeah, and there are certain topics that we've kind of tried to steer clear of or not put as much information here be on those topics because of certain things that are associated with groups and individuals in those groups because of this. Uh but before we delve into all that fun stuff, how have you been doing, Kelsey? I'm tired. Thanksgiving is now over. Thank God. Um, it's like today is the big OSU-Michigan game. So, gotta love that. Um, I was like, Thanksgiving was okay. It, it's my first holiday without my grandma. So, that was a little weird. So, don't really know how to feel right now. Yeah. How are you? All right. Uh, been busy with reading and classwork and regular work and all sorts of other things, but you know, tis life. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately. Dealing with destructive cats that like to throw food all over the floor and make a mess. I'll wait till you put up a Christmas tree. Just wait. Yeah. Nah, I'm good. Well, all that. <laughs> Have you been uh, reading anything of interest? So I found, I like, I went down like an audible hole um, because I like, I kind of read that or was like listening to this like Native American lore book, which was not making sense to me. And I think it's because of how the book was set up. It just wasn't making sense. Um, so I kind of wanted to find a different like true crime book. So um, I just finished the other day, The Murder on Red River by Marcy Redden. Rodon? Redon? Um, it kind of follows like there's a Native American girl in, um, I want to say like Montana or something. Um, the local sheriff, you know, pulled her out of a car crash and, you know, she's been in and out of foster care, but the undercurrent theme is how Native American children are basically taken from their homes and put into foster care. So that's kind of like the main undercurrent topic, which was kind of interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of that with indigenous people. I have a really good friend of mine who's into indigenous and uh he talks about like he'll go and you know he's a of course on tiktok like a lot of people but uh, he'll share a lot of the stuff that uh other people take and post on that on social media and everything else and which kind of got me looking into all the messed up stuff that happens with the indigenous people and all that uh it's some pretty fucked up stuff of course we all know about uh, what happened or the mass graves they found in Canada uh, yep. that the Catholic Church had a hand in and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's... It's, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. In my opinion. Because it's... It, there's, you know, these children in the book, you know, their father is murdered. And that's kind of like a focal point is, you know, there's father, their father's murdered and she has... um. I think they call it eagle sight in the book um spirits talk to her in her dreams and um you know the kids are like i don't want to go into foster care i'd rather live out in the woods than be in foster care and it's like wow and she has a whole thing at the end of like this is a problem this is an a major problem is where we took all these children and did horrible things to them while they were in foster care treated them like they were less than and a dog so that was kind of interesting yeah weirdly enough that kind of ties into some stuff on a book i've been reading uh which i think we do that more often than not it seems like if there's some kind of tie -in. i know so i actually just finished guns germs and steel which is a so the guy who wrote the book jared diamond was a anthropologist and so he looked at it from an anthropological uh 
viewpoint as opposed to a historical viewpoint. And so he went around and kind of went into based off of cultural history and what we have from records, viewed why like certain cultures advanced the way they did versus for parts like parts of technology and stuff and why uh you know europeans were the ones that well europe and northern asia and then parts of you know south east asia stuff yeah uh kind of spread out and why they conquered the way they did apollo's cracking me up right now <laughs> So he does this every time I edit our episodes. He sits like this with me. He does. He sits like I have so his little for, chair. With for our him. listeners, Apollo <laughs> thinks he's a person. Oh, yes, <laughs> he like... sits like this when I edit. Um, he tried to get on the table, and I was like, hey, oh, no. <laughs> but yeah, he does this all the time. I'm convinced he's like my spirit guide at this point. Like, the facial expressions. He's the one that tells you <laughs> what to edit and what to take out. Good uh, man. Um, <laughs> you know, so interesting, interesting book. Uh, apparently, it's part of a series, and I think the next one in the series, he goes into what caused the fall of civilization. So I'm not sure if when I'll get to that, but I'll get to that at some point. Uh, but on my personal reading list for the year, because... You know, Goodreads has a goal of so many books per year, and I always say, screw it. Why not try and do one book a week? Uh, I oh, actually, I do the same thing. I Actually, that was my 52nd book for the year. Yep. Yay! Good for you. I'm not sure if I want to, like, not read anything else this year, or if I want to go well and above and beyond my goal. I think last year I did, like, 64 books. but That's a lot more than I have. Have. I don't know if I'm feeling that adventurous, and I've got a lot of stuff going on in personal life. So, yeah. Uh, so, as you mentioned earlier, today we're going to be talking about a number of things that you know could be triggering to some people. So, it's a generic trigger warning because you know how we get off on our side quests. Yes. So, I'll put a lot of details in the um, episode description. Of kind of what we cover so that way if you do have a trigger you kind of can read the synopsis and if you want to skip it you can it's fine all right so there's a lot when i started digging into this because i mean i've you know different courses of study and different uh covens i've been in this is kind of a typical topic and then honestly i took comparative religion in high school just because I, I fought to get it every year. So going into high school, I tried to get a freshman year. They said no. They gave me current issues, which was fun and interesting, uh, which kind of led me into that. But, uh, you know, so I, at a younger, which it's not really young age, but 14, 15 years old, however it was, freshman year of high school. I don't remember. That was eons ago. Uh, yeah, I want to say freshman. Because a sophomore, you're about 16, and when you learn how yeah. to drive, you're a junior. Yeah, so we, uh, you know, we kind of delved into a lot of different things, and I found it was interesting, and I enjoyed it because I got to argue with a teacher, and uh, humorously enough, the teacher said I was one of his favorite students at the end of the year. Uh, mm -hmm. But anyway, so morality is a bit of a great area at times, so when talking about morality and ethics in the occult and occult practices is a, a bit more of a gray area in certain aspects and it can be problematic and misleading because of you know popular media and all that fun stuff and certain images given out from certain uh abrahamic faiths and other theological and theosophical societies but you can probably depending on where you're at obviously but you could ask 10 different random people in the street, you know, what people in the occult practices were, what they are, and 9 out of 10 times, they'll give you some sort of, you know, they're immoral or unethical people, like, depending on yeah. where you're at, which morality and uh, ideologies surrounding morality 
a lot of what we have, at least in the United States, is because of the influences of the Abrahamic faiths. And, you know, even those that of us that are not are no longer a part of that, there's still the underlying ideology there as far as moral code at least from what i've observed and what i feel uh but you know even in those if you look back in history there's a lot of gray area because i mean look back the abrahamic faith and you would have animal sacrifice to their god but they compare it to you know like the uh druids or you know anything else and they'll be like oh you're sacrificing an animal that's evil so i mean it's uh it's kind of a weird there's a lot of gray area yeah it's kind of weird the way you where it overlays um there's certain islander countries that and this is since learning about this this was interesting to me there's certain islander countries that it's customary that if you have a guest in your night that the uh, wife of the family would offer herself up to male guests or the husband would offer himself up to female guests for a companion for the evening yeah that's and weird. Uh, we say that in america we say yeah. that, that's weird but that's, that's hmm. i mean there it's normal there it, you know that's what's expected you know yes. if you had someone over at your house and you were like hey so uh if you're lonely for the night somebody's gonna flip <laughs> their shit uh, oh yeah oh yeah so i already have a problem like sharing stuff with normal people i have to share my person Oh, no. yeah so nope and of course you know you have certain people that are polyamorous and that's all fine if that's what their yeah. what their lifestyle is and all of that but you know you can't exactly just expect that from someone uh but in certain cultures that's what's expected that's the way of life for them so one of the things we have to talk about here is personal morality yes and that's a huge that's a huge one yeah so it, it's tricky because personal re- Morality can influence our practices, how we interact with life as a whole, everything, how we view ourselves, how we view the world around us. Uh, And this can be problematic for certain individuals and certain mindsets because of personal morality, you know, as far as like self-harm or viewing self-worth. And a lot of this, you know, obviously therapy is always a good thing, guys. Yes. It's not for everyone, though. It's not. It's not. And not all therapists are good for everyone. Yes, you do have to find the right one. Yeah, there are some therapists out there that don't take into account of who you are as your personal lives and who you are from personal practices. And I have dealt I've dealt with this personally, but they aren't considered about who you are as an individual or your beliefs and they try to force their ideologies onto you. So there's issues there. Um, but it's always good to have, you know, personal morals. It's always good to know where you stand with yourself and know that you're worth it and that you're worth just as much and your value is just as much as everyone else. So, yeah, um, I'm a firm believer in, you know, self-improvement, uh, you know, doing better by oneself and all that fun stuff. Personally, two books that actually helped me a lot were When, Why, If by Robin Wood, which is kind of a personal ethical guide, but not so much as a, this is how you should view the world. It's more of a finding out why you view the world that way. And it's a workbook and tool book, lesson book, whatever you call it, to help you realize that, you know, your input, your thoughts, your needs are valid uh, just as much as anyone else's are. And the other one is Fierce Conversations by Susan Scott, who is a amazing woman. She actually runs her own business uh, that they go out and they help different organizations, different businesses and stuff like that, build a positive culture to help with communication and with addressing issues. So, you know, it's some of it's kind of business oriented type stuff in the book, but a lot of it is, you know, personal. I think my favorite quote from the book is, uh, every conversation is with myself and sometimes it involves other people. That is somewhat true. Yeah, because I mean, every everything you do, everything decision you make is a conversation that you have to have with yourself. You know, every action you make is a conversation in some aspect you have to have with yourself. And sometimes you gotta say, hey, I'm fucking up. Yeah. Or hey, I need to do better. Or hey, I probably shouldn't follow through with this or follow through with that what are your some of your views on personal morals thoughts i mean 
everyone's morals are going to be different than yours. And I think that's an important thing for people to understand. It's something that changes with every person. What I think is wrong in my moral code is not your moral code. You know, we might have a lot of things that are the same, you know. Right. And in today's society, you can't let other people dictate your morals. It's whatever you think, not what Billy Bob down the street thinks. It's your code for you. It's not something right. that other people need to influence. Right. And I mean, and it's good to have the conversations about, hey, what do you find is morally sound or morally, you know, reprehensible, yeah. um, especially when you have friends and that way you're respectful of each other's boundaries. And, you know, yeah. in this aspect with the occult, it's important because if you're going into a group ritual or something, uh, which we'll get into a little bit later, yeah. but you want to make sure that you're not putting yourself in a situation or being a part of something that you're not personally comfortable with. Yeah. Because well, that's, that's kind of like a rule that you and I have is that's part of our boundaries as friends mm-hmm. is if you don't tell me, I don't ask, I will yeah. ask a general question. And if you want to tell me that's fine, but I'm not going to ask you 20 questions about your business. If you want to tell me and you want to talk about it, that's fine. Right. And that's, and the- as me as that's part of my code i guess would be if that's if you want to talk about it that's fine if you don't i'm not going to ask any more questions but i will be here if you want to talk about it right we have certain topics that we just don't talk about at all that are like completely off the table uh, because that's not something that we're comfortable with even for the fact of how good friends we are and how long we've been friends it's just not really something we're comfortable with yeah. And it's not really something that meshes with who we are. Yeah. Yeah. And we had those conversations way early on in our friendship. Exactly. Like, like people laugh at me. I, I have rules to friendship. I have three and they laugh at me and it's like, I just don't, I mean, it's, I just got them. Just follow them and we won't have problems. Yeah. And I don't, <laughs> I don't think it as something to laugh at because I mean, to no. me, like building friendships, building any sort of connection, any sort of working partnership, regardless of whether it's, you know, platonic, romantic, professional, it understanding those boundaries and working together with those boundaries, even if it's, you know, a theological or theosophical uh, connection or theological, theosophical uh, relationship. That's, that's the basis of it is respect. And if you can't really respect someone and you can't sit there and listen to what they have to say or, you know, understand their boundaries and, you know, be okay with that or have the conversation about them, then the friendship, the relationship, whatever it is, is not going to work out. It's not going to last. No. And it's okay to have boundaries with people. I don't think people realize that it's okay. It's okay to not be comfortable talking about certain things. Like this is one thing I find weird as a female and we'll kind of brush on a topic that I don't like talking about, but I'm going to, it comes with boundaries. I don't like talking about what happens behind a closed door. I don't. That's between you and that person. Okay. That's one of my rules. And I've had to really lay this boundary down with people because as females, it's normal to talk about that. It's not, no, no, no. I don't want to, I don't want to know. That's between you and that person. You do not need to be sharing that with everybody. And that's a very hard boundary that I've had to lay with people because I I have friends that are like, hey, I'm going to talk about this. I'm like, no, no, I'm going over here. (laughs) Like, no, it's okay to have boundaries with people no matter if the laying that boundary makes you highly uncomfortable to lay it. That's your boundary as a person. And that's part of who you are. And if they cannot respect it, then you need to walk away. On the grounds of, you know, not respecting other people's boundaries, I mean, that's the basis of friendship. It's the basis of any relationship, whether it be, you know, platonic, romantic, professional, or, you know, theological, uh, teacher-student relationship, literally anything that's the basis of it is respect, and, and it goes both ways, but respect in all aspects, and if you can't respect someone else's boundaries if you can't respect someone else's thoughts or you know if they don't want to have a conversation about something or if they don't want to address something or if they think something needs to be addressed and you can't do that because of whatever reason then you've got you know you've got other things other personal things that you need as an individual to address and find out why you can't respect that because if you can't respect such a crucial part of someone i don't see how you can have any sort of feasible relationship with them regardless of type yeah yeah 
So. People feel that there's a lot of people pleasing, I think, with our generation of let's avoid conflict and we'll just kind of keep letting them do that. And it's like, no, if it's bothering you and going against something that you think is wrong, then bring it up. Right. I see this a lot with if you know someone's partner is cheating, do you tell your friend that, hey, your boyfriend's cheating on you? And it's like, it, yeah, it's a, they shouldn't be doing it in the first place. Unless they're poly. Well, then, so it's, tell them. then it's not cheating. And, you know, yeah. I mean, you can still technically cheat if you're poly because there's typically rules and regulations that go along with that based off of, you know, again, mutual respect. But, yeah. I mean, it kind of all goes back to that, being able to respect yourself, respect the other person, and being able to communicate and listen to everyone's needs involved. Yeah. So a topic that comes up, and of course, I think anyone's listening to this that has any inkling of an idea about anything relating to the occult or witchcraft or anything like that is going to know these two things. And that's, you know, the rule of three and then karma. Yep. Karma, because, you know, it's a very complex system, but because of mm-hmm. shows like My Name is Earl, which is a really enjoyable show. Oh, it was. In my opinion. <laughs> and a few other things. You know, there's, there's still people who, like... I'm in groups on social media where people still talk about and like reference it. And it's great because that show went off the air. Oh, a long time ago. I don't even know how long ago. Oh, man. Uh, at least 10 years. So, it's been off the air for yeah. at least 10 years. Yeah. So it's the base, the way they put it, because it's a big, like, it's extremely complicated if you actually delve into what karma is. Uh, but the, the way they do it in the show is. Uh, you do bad things and bad things happen. You do good things and good things happen. Yeah. And then, of course, the rule of three or the law of three is whatever you do comes back to you threefold, be it good or bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, while I agree with this in certain aspects, I, you know, have disagreements in certain aspects. But, you know, you have the Wiccan read, which mm-hmm. the it's, it's really long. Oh, yeah. Like the whole thing is really long, but the, the shortened version and the line that most people take out of it is uh any harm none do what thou will and basically that's saying you know do whatever as long as you're not hurting anyone yeah yeah and that goes back to the respect thing you know if you're you know respect for and anyone would be yourself or anyone else and you know of course there's debate between you know whether animals are involved in the hurting, harming no one. So you have like mm-hmm. the vegans and stuff that can kind of go off on there uh, on little end on that. And, you know, there's again, nothing wrong with that lifestyle choice. Nothing wrong with that choice. As long as you're not forcing it on anyone else. Yes. Uh, yes. Don't force because it. you know, there's the human body is complicated and everyone needs different things. And, you know, I'm not going to get into the whole morality of, factory farming and all of that yeah. because it's an entirely different conversation oh yeah uh yeah well like my cousin is vegan slash vegetarian but it's because his body can't process meat literally like he pe- yeah. he's he gets sick now and it might be because he's gone yeah. so long but even when he wasn't vegetarian and vegan he was still having issues so it was one of those things that well, had to be a dietary for him so i was a pescatarian for a while let me tell you i mean granted it's not feasible right now because of uh certain things i've got going on in life and how life is but i can tell you that you know i felt great Mm -hmm. physically when i was a pescatarian but i mean it's not exactly cheap no no i mean it is if you take it and you do certain things but to get the nutrition you need it's not 100% 100% cheap, and you very much limit yourself. Yep. Even buying, being lactose intolerant, it's cheaper just for me to buy a lactate tablet than it is to buy lactose intolerant products. I make it a conscious decision where I will take it and either spend the money on one or the other. It yeah. kind of depends on my budget, honestly. And I hate saying that, but so yeah, that's basically it boils down to play dumb games win dumb prizes. Yep, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. I mean, you're going to take it and you're going to do something or you're going to, you know, disrespect someone and the universe is going to disrespect you right back. It may not be in this lifetime, mm-hmm. but you're going to get what comes to you. Yeah. I think people forget that it's it's not instant. 
it's not something that's yeah. going to happen tomorrow. And it's, it's almost like the, the conversation we had about vibrations in the previous episode. It's, it's all about the vibe. I think that you put out, you put out a good vibe. You're going to get good vibe. And that includes people, opportunities and stuff like that. You put bad vibes out, you do bad things. That's all that's going to be around you. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, and like, you know, tying like that, like you said, you know, tying into that, but also tying it into the principle of mentalism, mm -hmm. you know, you have negative thoughts or you have bad thoughts and, you know, you, in a sense, manifest that into your own reality because that's what you're putting out. And so that's what you bring back in. Originally, I kind of wanted to go into the nine no noble virtues, which is a thing that's popular amongst the also true, which is the Norse people who follow the Norse gotcha. ideology, but it's problematic. Okay. And the re like the root ideas around a lot of the nine noble virtues is in a sense decent, but because of the fact that the organization that really pushed it and really brought it from, they say they got the teachings from some old Norse teachings and Norse ideologies, but the company that does it, or the company, the organization that did it, not to get too much in the political side of things, but they are very much white nationalists. Uh, yeah, that was a little problematic. And while obviously everyone who follows these virtues aren't, it's i thought it was best just to not cover that topic here just because while certain things that we have like our next little section we're gonna be talk talking about and covering is fairly triggering uh for a number of different reasons i would prefer to not go into all of that okay because i personally would not be able to do it without getting overly political we have, and I'm yeah. trying to avoid that. I was that. like, we got the no so, political rule. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> Boundaries, people! <laughs> I can respect your boundary. Yeah, so the next thing we're going into that is abuse of authority. I know we've all given people hell or given the Catholic Church hell because of the amount of abuse and authority yeah. that they've had within their organization, but... Let's face it, there's a lot of faiths out there and a lot of ideologies that have these toxic individuals that abuse authority or these, you know, sick individuals. And I mean that mainly from a medical stance, but these sick individuals who abuse authority. It's not necessarily in religion. Right. Well, it's it's through everything. I mean, it's in, you know, the job market. But what I kind of wanted to talk about here was the from theological organizations. I mean, the the individuals who abuse it in, as far as in schools or in the workplace, that is a deeper conversation that is about a much bigger systemic issue. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, you know, we, you know, as a cult practitioners, we have these individuals that come up as well. Um, I think the issue with the Catholic Church, as opposed to some of the occult religions or some of the occult practices, is that the occult practices typically call them out and aren't afraid to call them on their shit. Yeah. Uh, granted, there are some people who side with those individuals in their community. Uh, two major people that come to mind on this are... Yvonne and Gavin Frost, who made some statements in their book, The Witch's Bible, that have some really heavy pedophilia vibe, like pedo vibes to them. Um, but they tried to go back and say that's not what they meant. But reading it, it is very apparent that that's along the lines of what they were saying. Yeah. So, I mean, you have, have that. So, and I, I can't stress this enough, you know, I don't care who you are or what your ideology is that kind of shit is not okay no you know it's taking something from someone it's taking something if you know forcing any sort of sexual act like that or any sort of anything like that is not okay regardless of who you are no. it is not okay to take advantage of people uh based off your position of authority it is not okay to try and force someone in based off your position of authority if, you know, you 
feel that urge, get help. There are therapists that do specialize in that sort of stuff. You have yes. to hunt for them, but you can find a, a special a therapist with that specialty. Yeah. I mean, look for help. Look for, I mean, there are individuals out there and, you know, if you feel some sort of personal need for something like this or feel that, you know, sexual assault's nothing to play around with. And if you feel that you are, you know, someone who could potentially do that or, you know, there's possibilities of doing that or you've had thoughts of that, get help because, you know, and I don't I don't care who says that it's natural to have these thoughts. I don't care if it's who says it's natural to have these feelings. It's it's a psychological illness, mm-hmm. you know. It's and I don't care if you're, you know, old, young, male, female, whatever. This is that's completely irrelevant. You know, it's yeah. it's not okay in any aspect. No, no, it is not. Sexual assault is not okay. Rape is not okay. Mm-mm. No. And you know, if you find yourself in any situation, there, get help. Mm-hmm. Um, and this kind of ties into the first thing we talked about with morale, people's morals. Consent is a huge yes. thing. It's a huge thing yeah. in the occult practice, not just with sexual assaults, rape, all that stuff. You know, I see this a lot on Reddit. You have to have someone's consent to do like a spell or something for them. Um, that's why a lot of people frown upon love spells. It's you have to you're taking away someone's free will. You're taking away their consent. That's a, that's a no-no. You know, you yeah. people have to consent to these things. They have to consent to everything. It's not just stuff that happens behind a door. You can't take that f- with force, no matter what. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, if you're doing some sort of love spell or something like that, if you're doing a generic one that says, you know, bring me a person that, you know, matches these characteristics or has these attributes, yeah, that's a little bit different. But if you're saying, like, I want to fall in love with Tommy Joe down the street and he's going to be my husband, that's not okay, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So make sure that, like I said, make sure you are getting help if you have any sort of urges or any sort of thing like that. Abuse of authority is not okay. No one has a right to force you into anything that you are not comfortable in. Yeah. And no one has a right to take something from you that is not solely yours. Yeah. And if someone's giving you a bad vibe, you know, listen to your gut. It's okay to tell them no. It is okay. Yeah. No is a complete sentence. It is a complete sentence yeah. and you have every right to say no. And if they don't respect that boundary, then it's okay to not be their friend if they will not yeah. respect that no and, boundary or partner. And don't be afraid to have the conversation. No, they're uncomfortable. I don't care. Exactly. I don't care if you're at a party or something and you know someone is being too touchy and you gotta pull them to the side and say hey i'm not cool with this stop or hey i need you to back off yeah be do it's i know it's an uncomfortable thing i know we as a culture have made it kind of an uncomfortable thing but it's best to address the issue at that point and if they continue then that's a different subject but that's a whole different never be afraid to address the issue yeah a lot of these conversations are going to be uncomfortable with people they're not fun conversations. Well, and that's that's one of the things that like Susan Scott talks about in you know fierce conversations is that a lot of these conversations are not fun to have. A lot of these conversations, even the ones with yourself, are not fun to have. They're not Mm-mm. you know something that we enjoy doing, but it's something that needs to be done. Yeah. You know, fierce isn't a matter of you know being a dick. It's a matter of setting your boundaries. Mm-hmm. Saying, hey, this needs to be done. This doesn't need to be done. This is the conversation we need to have. Yeah. And I think we as a culture need to address that and need to delve into that more. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay to have boundaries. It's okay to tell people no. And no is a complete sentence. Yeah. That's all you need to tell someone. And it doesn't matter why. Yeah. You know, if someone says no, be like, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's, uh, you know, the, uh, the BDSM community. That's why they have safe words. And that's yeah. why... Um, typically there's three words that, you know, and it's something that everyone should know because you learn this, at least in the United States, you learn this in grade school with traffic lights, mm-hmm. but it's red, green, and yellow, yep. you know, green means go, yellow means slow down or take a step back yep. and red means stop. Yep. Yep. And I think that's something as a culture that really needs to be communicated on all fronts. And it's, you know, 
if you're going to be in a situation where that has to come up, you need to make sure that you're having the conversation ahead of time. I know, you know me, I'm a avid tabletop gamer. Oh, yeah. And there's some, there's some groups, there's some D&D groups that'll take it. And, you know, while I adore the concept of this, uh, I don't feel like it would work in every group, but they'll take it and they'll have cards that they'll take it and they'll put down that are red, yellow, and green. Where it's like, hey, I'm not comfortable with this. Can we move away from that? Uh, it's, you know... A thing with in tabletop gaming, when you're gaming with a group, it's good to have a conversation beforehand uh, to say, you know, this is what needs to be done. This is what should not be done. Yeah. I actually had a game last evening, and you know, my character was we were being spied on by, or I'm assuming we were being spied on by a raven, and so I captured the raven, and one of uh, the people I play with is, like, really against, like, animal cruelty and anything happening to animals, and I fully understand that, and I respect that, and uh, so there's, like, a pit with this creature in it, and it was like, I'm like, tell the raven, because the other player, she can talk to animals, so I'm like, tell the little buddy here that if he doesn't, I'm throwing him down there with that monster that, you know, will eat him. Yeah. And uh, it didn't. And I'm like, damn it, he called my bluff. Because, you know, I'm not going to actually, even in that, I have enough respect for the other person that's playing to not cross that boundary and not, you know, harm an animal in the game because that would cross that line with them. Yeah. Uh, there's some, some people I know that can get a little sexual in their role playing. And everyone's not okay with that. And so it'll be like, okay, well... <laughs> You go behind a closed door, and this is the next morning. That's all I need to know. Uh, Like, that's... That's all I need to know. (laughs) The only proof I need that you have had sex is your children. That's it. That's all I need to know. (laughs) But it is double-edged for me. Like, I don't want to know what happens, but if you have a weird experience and you want to talk about it because something behind that closed door made you uncomfortable, then all right. That's a little bit different. Yeah. That's a little bit no, different. That's, that's a completely different conversation. That's a different conversation. But if you want to tell me what you yeah. happened on your second date, no, no, don't want to know. <laughs> Sorry. I, I really tend to just throw in some random bullshit side comment, but I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> that's just my, it's one of my rules, you know, just don't tell me what happens behind yeah. a door. Like, don't touch my shit. Don't touch my food. Not that hard. <laughs> she will bite you. I stabbed a dude's hand one time. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the next uh, kind of changing paces here, going into kind of the same morality and respect. So a lot of places, of course, with the pandemic, a lot of places haven't been doing it. But, you know, sometimes, you know, you'll get invited or there'll be a public ritual with, or a public event that happens out of places. Mm-hmm. I like pagan pride days or stuff like that. So there's a few things to look into if you go to one of these with that, like, or any kind of pagan festival or any sort of Wiccan festival or occult mass or anything like that. Because a friend of mine went to a black mass and was completely thrown off when there was a naked lady, like, laying there. Um, so it's always good to look into, yeah, I don't know. It's always good to uh, look into what you're doing before you do it. Do people, people don't do that? People don't, like, look ahead of, like, what they're... Yeah, I, apparently not. Okay. <laughs> it's always good to know who's putting on the ritual or event. If it's a private group or if it's something that would be public, like Pagan Pride Day, that way you can take it and look into the organization or look into the group and kind of learn more about them. Obviously, there's going to be different rules if it's a public event versus a private event. Yeah. Dress code. Yes. Why would you think dress code's important? If you're going to a ritual, you have to make sure that you're wearing something that's, one, appropriate for whatever's happening. You want to make sure that you're in the right clothes. You don't wear something that's offensive, you know. Yeah, yeah there are certain traditions that reserve certain colors or certain, yeah. uh, even certain gemstones being worn to certain members of, you know, their, like their priest or priestess or certain quarter calls or certain degrees. There's certain things that they hold sacred. But there's also a uh, there's a thing called skyclad. Do you know what skyclad is? Why do I have to feel like this deals with nudity? Because it does. <laughs> so I was like, and the look uh, on your face kind of gave it away. 
<laughs> so, typ- <laughs> so typically you'd have this at a private event, but skyclad literally means that it's nude or, you know, skyclad optional. They'll have events and festivals and stuff that are, you know, closed to the public or they'll have, you know, rituals that are skyclad that, you know, you're doing it in your birthday suit. Some people like yourself are not comfortable with that. Me, it depends on my comfort level. I've had situations where I'd be totally okay with it. Uh, Then I've had situations where I would have not have been okay with it, depending on who I was with and where I was at and how much alcohol I I was like, how much alcohol is involved. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, a lot of it, you know, it's definitely an important thing to check because you don't want to just like delve into something and be in a really awkward situation or feel like you have to force yourself and go beyond your comfort level. Yeah. Um, it's always good to find out from people who are running the thing. If, you know, if you're invited to something, ask if there's anything you, they want you to bring Uh, a lot of times with, you know, rituals, if it's not at a a pagan pride day or something like that, in my experience, they've had a potluck after. Okay. All right. Which is always fun. But, you know, see if there's any sort of food that typically, you know, they would want you to bring or if see if they're a dry group because some groups, you know, or don't invite an alcohol because of uh, addiction issues. Uh-huh. Uh, I've seen that to where they'll do like apple juice or grape juice for rituals. Hmm. Interesting. So that's always a yeah, it's always an important thing. But see if they want you to bring like a wine or meat or something. It's not always the case, but sometimes they do. So it's always good to make sure of these things. It's okay to double check. It's okay to ask questions too. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, it's that's kind of part of my big closing remarks to this is question everything. You know, if you don't know why you're doing something, ask why you're doing it. If you don't feel comfortable with something, ask why. If you don't understand, ask why. Ask, ask, ask. You know, be that, you know, six-year-old child that, is asking why for everything uh-huh. because you know it's important to understand why it's important to know why and it's it's important to build that relationship of understanding and if someone is the only exception to that is if someone's just simply saying no and giving you no on the lines of consent because then it doesn't matter why yeah so you know question everything and be respectful yes so any closing remarks from you no I mean, you have to respect people's boundaries. You have to, if someone tells you no, then they don't have, then don't do it. You know, I mean, in a society like today, it's okay, one, to ask questions. But as a female, it is, you have to be very comfortable with saying no. You have to be aware of your surroundings when you say no. Um, You know, make sure that you're in a safe place when you say no. Um, But also be assertive when you say that no. Have confidence when you say that no. Don't, don't sound like a weakling. Say with attitude, say with confidence, you know, when you, when you tell that person, no, give them attitude. And if you say, no, they're, they're going to keep doing what they're going to do. I mean, if they want to do what they're going to do, whether you say yes or no may not even matter, but yeah. Yeah. Be respectful of those who say no. And, you know, if it's not an excited yes, take it as a no. Maybes and okays are no's. Or if you want to, unless they say yes, it's yeah. a no. Like, it's just, it's a no. Like, and yeah. I'm seeing this now that our generation is having kids. I've seen this on um, Facebook a lot, is moms are getting backlash from their families because they're teaching their kids um, to ask consent for, like, hugs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that would have been really nice when I was a kid. I'm weird about that sort of stuff. I, I don't like people in my space. Like, I'm I'm weird about it, and it's like thank you for yeah. thank mean, you for teaching your child your child that because yeah. you need to ask those things. You need even if it's for a simple hug, you have to ask consent from that person. Don't just run up and give up that person that hug. They may not want to be touched. They may not. I'm I'm weird about that stuff, and I nope. You stay over there. If I want a hug, I'll come to you. Yeah. Like and I mean coming coming from the opposite side of that, you know, someone whose love language is tough touch and is very touch oriented uh that was difficult you know from the other side of that as well and not being taught that and then being chastised for wanting hugs or Mm -hmm. getting upset for not having that affection not having that touch 
was detrimental in the long run because, you know, it makes you feel like crap as a person. So it's it's extremely important to teach both sides of that. Yeah. And to say, you know, it's it's okay that someone doesn't want to hug you. No. That doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean anything. Particularly against you. Mm-mm. It's just not who they are. Mm-mm. No. And it it's never something against you. It's it might be I've had a bad day. I've had a very exhausting day and I I don't want you in my bubble. Like go sit on the opposite end of the couch. I want nothing to do with you right now. You know, it could be, I've had an exhausting day and I just literally just want to be left alone. That's one of the conversations my partner and I, partner and I have had to have because that's, that's his love language is physical touch. And Mm -hmm. I've just come to the point where I'm okay with him always being in my bubble. He'll always be in my bubble and I'm fine with that. He's one of the few people that can constantly be in my bubble and I'm fine. My mom's mom. No over there you know (laughs) you know sometimes my family members sometimes my mom sometimes my brother my dad it's like go i don't it's nothing against you (laughs) it's just i just don't don't touch me like and that's hard for people because we grew up with a generation of well go hug your grandparents go say goodbye and it's like no i'm that kid in that photo that's like limp (laughs) you know and you know we also had the we also had the I don't know if you had it where where you went to school, but we had the hug me, don't bug me. No. Yeah. So it was like, and even to me, someone who's touch oriented, because like, while I love physical touch and I feel that that's important to me, there are certain people I don't want touching me yeah. because it's important to me. I mean, you're not going to take it and give away what's important to you, no. to everyone. I mean, if there's a lady at work that, you know, she doesn't anymore, but she would constantly come up and try and hug me. And I'm like, get off me. Yeah. Do not touch me. That's a consent thing. Yeah. Don't touch me. Yeah. So it, while it can be difficult, it goes both ways. Yeah. And it's important to teach everyone both sides of it. Yeah. It's hard. Ultimately, I guess with morality and ethics here, question, like I said, question everything, Mm -hmm. ask for consent. Even if it's the smallest thing, yeah. it's better to ask than to ask. It's easier to ask for permission than forgiveness. Yeah. So what's our next episode on? Our next episode is going to be about you all. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> that rhyme. <laughs> Ish. Yes. That was, that was my, uh, that was my intention there. Yes. The next episode, this is going to be your last, you've done the last this will be your third one. <laughs> you did it right in a row. Well, this was kind of both hours. Uh, you did a lot of the research. It was, it was supposed to be both hours. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the next one's going to be Yule. Yeah. Uh, so I think the way we've kind of planned it, I think the way we're doing this is we're going to switch out for the Sabbaths. Yes. And then after that, I believe we have a fun episode that is <sighs> going to be it the whole episode is going to be a side quest. It will it's be. Not, it's not so much going to focus <laughs> on the occult directly, but more occult adjacent. So what we've kind of decided is we're going to have little mini side quests that are going to be put in to talk about cryptids and stuff like that. And the reason why is because we're both lovers of cryptids, yes. and cryptids are kind of, in a sense, a lot of them are modern day or modern day adjacent uh, mythical creatures and you know mythology shapes a lot of beliefs and stuff and of course we're we'll going into those as well yes. but kelsey's going to give us a very very special episode for our first one yes uh first side quest episode yeah well and what's that gonna be the first one's gonna be the difference what is a cryptoid and then what is a mythical creature so then that way we can get to my favorite my favorite cryptoid. The Mothman. <laughs> the guy with the butt. I love the Mothman. <laughs> because, you know, no statue should have a booty like that. No! Sorry. <laughs> I can mildly thank my mom for my interest in the Mothman. So, I love the Mothman. <laughs> that, was my, that was one of my... Well, that was one of my favorite, like, MFM episodes. <laughs> it was when Georgia goes into the Mothman. <laughs> she did not do it justice did not do it justice she didn't even talk about the movie 
So before we get Kelsey too excited here and <laughs> all that fun stuff. I love uh, the Mothman. I'm sorry. We're going to close. <laughs> You're good. We're going to close this out and yes. you may or may not hear her <laughs> little rant there. Because of editing, it's going to depend on how much she wants to embarrass herself. I mean, it's whatever at this point. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. And, you know, like, rate, and review us. Uh, shoot us an email and yeah. let us know, you know, if you've had any good or bad experience with ethics and morality and what your input is on it. Yeah. Yeah. And don't forget to tell a friend. We should be on all major platforms now. We're uh, moving on up in the world. I know. I know. So, I'm so excited. Until next time, I'm Johnny. And this is Kelsey. Bye. Bye.